Welcome to Creative Conversations. I'm Roger Humphrey. In this episode, I'm talking with award-winning violinist and conductor of the Uzbekistan State Orchestra, Tigran Shiganyan. We spoke via Skype about conducting, performing, and teaching, and the impact this pandemic has had. We join in progress. Okay. What are you doing to get through this pandemic? Well, well, it's it's, it's obviously it's obviously we're all in a new situation. Sure. So we're, we're all facing the challenge, which is, which is, I think nobody could predict, nobody could predict, nobody could imagine happen such a challenge for everyone. Uh, uh, in the beginning, uh, we, uh, obviously, we all not realized that, which will, in what situation, which new challenges will bring this uh, unprecedented time, I will say. Uh, well, uh, it's, as soon as we, I remember, it started in March, right? Right, uh, yeah. In March, uh, and uh, uh, you, you, you know, it took me a little bit unexpected. I, I, as, as I probably, as everyone, went through the many phases uh, of the changing the thoughts, thinking, uh, the actions, and all the stuff. Um, in the beginning, I thought, well, it'll take uh, one month, no more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, too. <laughs> Boy, were we <laughs> wrong. Take, <laughs> I, I, I thought, it'll take one month, and everything will come back to the normal, and... Uh, Everything will be fine, uh, but unfortunately, it's not. Um, of course, of course, uh, because of that situation, I, 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 I took a little bit more philosophically in terms of the uh, cancellations. Many, many events was was supposed to be landing up, uh, and quite, 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 uh, unfortunately, quite of them, uh, quite important was. Steps, so for example, it was my supposed to be supposed to be my recital on my birthday, oh. <laughs> March twentieth, which I was planned in the Flint Institute of Music uh, where my faculty, uh, and then um, some of the in, in summer and end of the May was uh, recordings with the orchestras and uh, concerts, but. Oh, the end, I realized, well, it's it's important, of course, it's, it's important things, but it's not that much as important as this, the health and the safety sure. of, of the people who I know, at least. Uh, so this is, uh, so I, I realized, uh, actually, that situation, I, I, I'm sure for many people to uh, put me on a, Fully realization was important in life was not. What's most important was secondary. I understand, for example, for me and for you, Roger, uh, music it is a it is a it is a life. It's, a, it's a, the things what we are breathing with. Right. You know? Without music, we uh, yeah, half it, of the first. It's it's it, yeah it it's as much a part of me as my arms and my legs and my bald head. <laughs> exactly similar similar absolutely similar. So uh, is 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 as much as an important for us the music it is our life, but I realize I realize it actually is a more important. The close ones, the families, families and friends, the people who I know who are dear to us, uh, the 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 uh, the health and the, and the life of those people is it's more important, you know. Yes, absolutely, and and it's it's kind of what we all kind of go through, I think, as 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 musicians we we wish we could be back on stage we wish we could you know be in a room with our students instead of online um you know all of this that that um uh, makes for us that's that's 
um, that's that's an important part of our our art. Um, I know that you know people don't realize um, how much time we spend alone practicing <laughs> and studying, Correct. and and so so we need to get outside of our rooms in order to to perform and in order to teach and to do these things. And right now, it's it's almost like we are confined to the practice room. <laughs> correct, correct, absolutely correct. Uh, but uh, is returning to the how I'm dealing with this situation, uh, you know, uh, you know, with the new challenges, uh, we need to come with the new solutions. Right. You know? and I and uh, to be honest, for example before this pandemic i was no i was knowing there exists such of things as a fishing online but to be honest i i i i was very skeptical about this thing <laughs> i thought well it's i don't think so it's very productive <laughs> i don't think so it's very productive and uh, it will be never productive <laughs> i thought <laughs> okay but uh, even in march i was like uh i i was didn't want to start it to teach online. Uh, I, I supposed to be teaching at Flint Institute, and I supposed to be teaching at Marshall Music. You know, uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to teach. Uh, well, I, from other side, okay, okay, don't be stubborn. Just try it. <laughs> I told myself, <laughs> just try it. And I surprised myself. Um, it's, it's it, of course, has a. Is there any, any situation has a pluses and minus, right. uh, mm-hmm. but I, I found uh, uh, you can do many things through the online platform too, and it's it's uh, you can succeed in many things is too. So I surprised for myself, my students uh, at least at least uh, had a, many of them had a, a lot of progress. Uh, on uh, on uh, that things, uh, I surprised myself by getting tired more too <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I guess is it keeping attention constantly on a on a screen and uh, try to not to miss uh, details, uh, which is in a normal life person to person lessons we we listening constantly and uh, and we could see react. Uh, quicker, so so with the with the, with the pandemic, obviously it brought many challenges. Of of course, the concerts unfortunately went uh, went uh, off. We put it all aside for the while. Uh, but also with the pandemic came such a things as uh, recording yourself and um, and uh, broadcasting for the recordings. So it's a, I mean, I mean, recorded exist in a, in the past, but I don't think so. It did re- re- exist in, in such a way like it's brought up, brought up through the pandem- pandemic time. I see even orchestra, so many orchestras uh, right now, for example, like where I'm working, uh, Columbus Symphony, they have this year hundreds of anniversary of the orchestra and oh, they, just, they, they just celebrated yesterday it's on the YouTube uh, we recorded everyone individually on our phones uh, Schubert excerpt unfinished symphony and happy birthday variation especially written by conductor uh, Meister uh, Julian Curtis so he wrote it and broadcast it yesterday and I thought, yeah, it worked. It's absolutely worked. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, from yesterday. So over the thousand people already watched. So it's, Oh, my, that's wonderful. Yes, it's brought to quite big a public. Uh, uh, so, um, I, so in terms of the concerts and conducting concerts uh well i'm just uh, spending right now time to learning my new scores <laughs> which is which is which is i was putting away and it's finally finally good time to do this so, i was i was talking to um uh, a friend of mine the um 
uh, he did the podcast a, a few weeks ago, and and, um, and his name is Anthony Gleis, and he is a wonderful composer and a guitarist. Um, uh, he's got some beautiful music out there that he's written for um, uh, uh, um, chorus uh, and um, uh, and um, orchestra, uh, and it's, it's it's really beautiful stuff. I should send you a link. Um, but it's it's uh, we were talking and I told him, I said that people think that a, a conductor just stands up there and waves a stick around, you know. And and I said, and every time I saw you at work, if you weren't busy with a student, mostly what I saw was the top of your head because you, you were looking down at a score, <laughs> going through it, reading it and marking it. And and, and, and people don't realize just how much work goes into um, uh uh, goes into preparation before you ever stand in front of the orchestra, and uh, it's it it's is. it's a lot yeah. harder work than people realize. It is, it is. Uh, you know, um, you know, I started to learn my conducting in uh, in Pittsburgh where, where I did my masters. I I took it classes and uh, and in the beginning of the classes, I realized that it's like is it is the teaching. With the teaching, when you when I start to just teach first my lesson, I do remember I have all here, but somehow it cannot come out from here. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow, and it took is the it took years and years. So with for example, what I I I spend one hour to fixing back then when I just started to teach, and now uh, it takes me right now minutes. To do what I it took me hours in yeah. the So with the conducting the same. Uh, the problem with the conducting and and every every conductor we do need to have a group because it doesn't matter how much you learn there, how much you learn with the score. Uh, uh, of the end, the process, the the rehearsal process. For example, for me, it's a big enjoyment of the rehearsals. Because on the rehearsals, you you try to find solutions how to fix it, the things. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunately, uh, I had a chance and I still have a chance to play in a good orchestras here in the Kalamazoo Lansing Symphony here. And uh, through the observing rehearsals, observing rehearsals, I am learning myself too a lot of how an actual in a real life to fix and fix things on the rehearsals because uh, because probably uh rehearsals in my opinion in many ways more important than actually performance ah. because on the rehearsals you actually building that building on a concert you just Cutting ponytails and presenting this <laughs> the, the wonderful building. Uh, uh, so yes, with the conducting, it's a uh, it's a, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work, and uh, it's not just staying in front of orchestra and waving their arms. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yes. So I so my question to you is. Uh, you you prepare a score and you rehearse your your orchestra, and then you then you perform, and then perhaps a year or two later, you have an opportunity to work with a different orchestra but the same score. So do you learn more about the score at that point? Do you... Obviously, obviously it's like I recently start uh, just today I start to read refresh uh, the piece which is I played for example uh, is a Shostakovich second violin concerto. Uh -huh. uh, I played I started to learn in 2000 2002 2002 first time I introduced to this piece uh, and I and I start to refresh and I hear completely differently harmony I hear completely differently I see completely different things. So uh, this is our beauty, our profession. We can play thousand times, we can conduct thousand times, we could hear thousand times, 
the one of, of or in, in any cases, but uh, every time to me, or to me always, I, I hear something new. Hear something new. With the new group, with the new group, let's say, you conducted just this piece and you conducted with another group the same piece. It's again, uh, I'm learning, uh, you know, rehearsals, personalities. Of, oh. Uh, because because what what the makes different, let's say, for example, Chicago Symphony or Cleveland Symphony. It is the people who is who is in a group. They right. all have a different individualities. They all have a different perception of the world. They all have a different taste. They all different. They have. They all have different ideas. They all have a different sense of the color, sense of the everything. So, uh, and they, it's the things could work for one group, could completely not work for another group. Oh yeah, I see and, that. And the most important, most important things, uh, you know, in the old times, the conductor it was a maestro, you know, maestro. Right. And you have to be, you have to be scared of this maestro. He's so <laughs> important. He's he's so dominated person. Uh, I do remember I, when I was studying Pittsburgh, a wonderful, fantastic orchestra, Pittsburgh Symphony. I had a I had a, I had a fortunate going every week basically on the concerts. Uh, the one of the greatest conductor, Laurie Mazel. Oh yeah, he's a he's a greatest conductor of, uh, and great greatest musician of the past time. Uh, I do remember the musician was so respected him and uh, kind of. They will not take elevator when he will take. They will let him, will let him go inside <laughs> the elevator, wait when he will go to the floor, and after that take it. You know. Uh, so, so my again come back uh, to the old times. Old times, the maestro was maestro. It was something a uh, little bit on the distance, but now um, times the change. Uh, the the conductor it is uh, not dominating it is a uh, it is a uh, it is a uh, it is a uh, yes he, he has a leading role he has a leading role but the uh, that leading role become uh, much more friendly much more friendly with orchestra musicians uh and you have to you have to you have to be uh, you have to be honest yes with the musicians, but at the same time, uh, in my opinion, uh, I always feel as like with the teaching, you know, when you you when you find connection with the student, especially with the little ones, because they're very sensitively reacting for the everything would you say, right? You know, they're very sensitive, and you could see when the the kid uh you said something maybe harshly, and the kid right away will be, uh, lose lose uh, trust in you. Right. So to get the trust from musician, this is a probably biggest challenge when you come into the new group. You need to you need to deserve the trust of the musicians with whom you're working, uh, for the knowledge of the score, for the uh, for the clarity idea how you're presenting, for the uh, patience, patience, the, the way how you're working, and of course with the clear plan how you're going to work. Uh, uh, it's, as, as, as one of the greatest conductors, uh, Guillaume, said, uh, it's, not, it's not like you're coming and demanding from musicians respect no it's going other ways you do you learn you're working to deserve respect of the musicians in a group uh and that way trust and then that way uh ability to trust you to lead them so uh 
So, and every piece could work differently in every single group, different group. Uh, but probably biggest, biggest, biggest work, big, biggest challenge every time with a new, with a new group, with a new artist you coming to work, it's uh, to find the trust in between and, uh, and, and hopefully have a similar idea how it should be. <laughs> Well, I think I, I think a good group. If you've got if you've got um, uh, a, a clear vision of what you want as a conductor, I think the musicians will try to rise to that to give you what you want, and sure. and and uh, you know as long as they respect you and your vision anyway, you know they they will try to um, they they will do their best because they know you're doing your best. You know it's it's when you're floundering like a fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 when things get a little complicated <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, the, the musicians always very sensitive and uh it's like kids uh that trust uh, uh trust uh, like it's very sensitive about every single word you said you know and it's have to be on an absolutely daily basis absolutely daily basis you know uh, uh, one day you came out of mood and you had little things you said and it's right away you lost the trust, you know. Then uh, you start all over again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, and the trust it is the most important things between uh, uh, any human being. Uh, so I know that that when I watch the videos of you conducting uh, the state orchestra in Uzbekistan. Uh, and the musicians there seem to enjoy you. It looks like you have a good rapport with of that orchestra. You know that that orchestra, very uh, the National Symphony Orchestra of Uzbekistan and and Chamber Orchestra of Turkestan, very dear to me. Why? Because I I start my first performances with the orchestras as a soloist when I was oh. eight, with those groups. Gotcha. And, and the conductors and musicians, many conductors and musicians, were still alive, and uh, and there they do remember that from that age, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so in the beginning, in the beginning, I came, I do remember those two concerts. Uh, some of those musicians uh, even f forget I'm, I forget about I'm. Okay, I try to be serious here, and I'm I'm conductor, you know. They call me in a cute way, Tigrasha. Hi, Tigrasha. Could you explain oh. me this, this, this? Is <laughs> a is a kind of amusing and nice. I was happy to hear that way. But um, yeah, that this talk is very dear to me because I I start my let's say first experience of the uh, play with the with the orchestra with this wonderful two orchestras and um and uh, I, uh and i i'm very grateful that did let me uh work with them uh because uh again this is the trust this is the trust uh -huh. between right. musicians between uh, solos between conductors between the uh organization uh they let me they trusted me with every concert uh what i lead um some of them more or less successful uh but i think we repeated we, we pretty, did pretty many ways uh, good work uh so um yes i i could feel the same and i think it's neutral uh, I, I very enjoy work with them, and they, I think, I hope, I hope enjoying work with me. And but the, those two talk is very dear to me. I think I, I, I think there has to be that that respect, and and if I may, uh, maybe even some affection uh, between the, uh, the the group and the conductor. Um, I come from a vocal background, choir background, chorus background. Oh, you never told me that. Yeah, and uh, as as a child, and and uh, that's that's where I got uh, what little bit of training I've ever had in music really came from that background, not from guitar, uh -huh. and um, uh, and so 
I remember uh, singing in a choir and um, uh, uh, and and particularly when I was in high school, um, uh, we would have we were I, I grew up in Elma. And so the uh, the college would we would periodically get um, uh, student uh, teachers from the college, you know, to come over and conduct our our uh, choir. And uh, uh, and we were brutal. We <laughs> We, we were brutal with these people um, because we had a very good choir and we knew it. And and so uh, um, and so we would get these people. And I can remember one uh, one young girl. We sent her out of the. She lasted 15 minutes and she left the room crying. <laughs> we were terrible. But but I also remember uh, a young man that came in to conduct us. And keep in mind, he couldn't have been more than. 21 or 22 he was very young at the time of course we were only in high school so he was older and uh so he was given the opportunity to conduct us you know on his first day and uh so he he conducted and we sang and afterwards and he looked at us and he went huh he said i thought you guys were supposed to be good and we were stunned, right? And so anyway, so he says, let's try it again. Well, we stiffened right up and away we went. You know, and we gave him the best that we had. And and it wasn't didn't take us long before we realized that, you know, he'd played us and played us well. <laughs> and and we ended up we ended up singing for him at our best every time, every time. Because, you know, he challenged us. He made us want to be as good as we could be. And uh, but uh, at the same time, he liked us. He enjoyed working with us and it showed. And so a combination of his skill uh, and, and his dedication to our group, knowing that he was still only a student teacher, student conductor, um, and, and he was putting everything into it and was like, yeah, so we gave him the best that we had, and it turned out to be a pretty good, pretty good relationship for a couple of months. It was kind of nice. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so this is a very fine border between uh, asking, asking of asking to do more, but not crossing the fine borders of the trust, and you know. Well, this is a situation you you work with professional musicians when you're conducting. Yes. He he was working with a, a bunch of snarky high school kids, and so the so the, the rules change a little bit. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, but it I think it it still comes back to that same thing of having that that trust and that affection and respect. You know, uh, we you know, he wasn't going to let us get away with anything, and we sort of respected that. You, you, you know, but you know, again, even even let's say I work with a professional musician, but they're still human. <laughs> they still they still have our own pride and all oh sure activities, you know, and it's it's very always fine border not to cross the line. Yeah. Of. Uh, uh, and uh, insult somebody, you know. Yeah, it's, right. it's a very fine, but at the same time, ask, ask what you right. would love to would love to achieve. You know, it's a very fine border. And uh, again, again, returning to with every every single group, you are you one of the priorities. Learning the individuals uh, reaction, basically try to understand the world. You know, if you fully understand the world, you will, could f fully find the right words, right keys to, uh, to, to better, better uh, translate your interpretation into the words and better deliver the things what you want to achieve. So your, your, your orchestras right now, of course, are uh, are are on furlough. They're on hiatus, um, and and of course, and uh, I I 
I kind of smile and chuckle a little bit when I, I talk to people who think that uh, uh, this pandemic was all a creation to, uh, to, to, to create some sort of political turmoil here in the United States. And I'm thinking, yeah, you, you, you got to get out more. I did a, a, uh, uh, an interview with a, a fellow um, uh, in um, uh, Adelaide, South Australia, uh, about a year ago. And, uh, well, no, I was actually less than a year ago. It was this, it was after this. So it probably would have been like maybe May, something like that. And that just seems like a long time. And, and it's the same thing. I mean, over the, you know, and they're half a world away. You couldn't get any farther. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it's, it's the same thing. It, everybody's kind of suffering through this and trying to figure out now is the state orchestra. Is that, is that state supported? Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, this is, the, this is the thing. Um, for example, in Europe and in my country and in Russia, and most of that, like 95% of the orchestras, it is a state-supported orchestra. Oh, okay. For, for example, in Germany, has has many, many orchestras. All they have been supported by state or they've been supported by cities or, or uh, they all have a budget which is, uh, comes most of the time not from the sponsors, uh, every year different ones, but regular regular budget from cities or the governments or the or the state. So this is the yeah in Uzbekistan it's a national state uh, national national symphony orchestra which is uh, completely 99% supported by government. Gotcha. Okay. They have a budget which is every year uh, uh, given by government to support that orchestras. And many others. Yes. Now, does the orchestra basically play in just one venue, or are there other other halls? Do you travel? Uh, that they do at least. Let me count: one, two, three, four venues. Four venues. Uh-huh. They do have a one hall, which is a Turkestan hall. Uh, they do they do playing in a, in a grand hall, the National Conservatory. They also have a two uh, bigger hall. Uh, form hall and um, in other ones, yes, they do have a they do have a mostly tours, which is mostly across the country. And how many concerts a year? Uh, you know that um, the system of organizing the concerts little bit different than here, as okay. as the the system of the supporting the orchestra. For example, in America, every single orchestra are uh, supported by themselves, by find the sponsors, by find uh, budget every year, approving the budget and all the stuff. Uh, it's a completely different system. Uh, uh, and um, I, I think every American orchestra quite put it in a very strict and harsh rule to, to live only with this rules they can survive you know you know they have to they have to plan their uh, concert season one year at least before the before they're starting the season one gotcha. year yes but many many orchestras actually two three years i i have a uh, many friends uh, uh big soloists and uh, they're playing like with the chicago symphony New York, Houston, and uh, Philadelphia, and and when I try to schedule concerts with them, and they're looking at the schedule, no, my friend, I have a in 2023 <laughs> concert with <laughs> Symphony in May of 20. You know, uh, so the planning here is much uh, in advance. There. Uh, yes, they do have a concert season. They do have a, most of the days booked, but uh, they're a little bit more flexible in terms of the rearranging, a little bit moving up and down the uh, schedules for the concerts. Uh, of course, when I planning my concerts, I try to uh, book in advance, try to schedule in advance, make sure uh, we don't have a conflicts. Yes. Gotcha. 
So yeah, I, I I wasn't real sure how that how that worked. You know, I, as as a guitarist, um, I came into classical guitar late in life. I was uh, 21 before I ever took my first classical guitar lesson. Although I had been playing guitar since I was 10, um, and and so I, I've never played. I, I've only played with an orchestra, I think, once or twice. Once, and and um, uh, and and some small chamber groups a couple of times. Um, I like chamber music, but I don't have that that background. And so there's a lot that I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so mostly it's it's been chamber or as a soloist. So you and I performed together once a long time ago. Yes, yes, and Vivaldi. Vivaldi. Yeah, the Vivaldi. That was Vivaldi a lot of fun. Vivaldi two violins and guitar. That. Uh, I'll see. I'll see. Right. Right. Yeah. Community College. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. I have. Um, I don't remember that. I have I, one my my fondest memory of that that we did two movements right uh, and yes. Um, yes. yes and I remember um, I think uh, second and third was it I I don't recall okay yes. and um, uh, I I I think you're right um, uh, what I recall is um, of course we had that little bit of a break between between movements and and I just recall that it was it was a a type of concert where there were so many other musicians and we were just a, a part of a, a, of a much larger event. And, and it was a loud event as, <laughs> and, and when, when we sat down to play, all of a sudden the whole room became very quiet and, uh, and we, and we played. And I just remember um, when we finished the first movement before there was applause, um, I just remember hearing one woman's voice going, Oh my. And I went, there it is, there it is. You, know, that's, you kind of live for that moment, you know. And uh, but, and I was talking, I was talking to our friend Iskander, and uh, uh, and he he said to me, he said, he said, of course, <laughs> he's so serious, and he <laughs> and he said, of course, and and uh, he said, if you want to please an audience, he said, play Vivaldi or Mozart. <laughs> And I thought, well, it's okay. You know, I don't know that I would disagree. With it, but uh, but he just kind of laid it right out there that just about every time, if you play Vivaldi, if you play Mozart, your your audience is going to be happy. So, you know, yes and no. Uh, it depends the audience. It depends the audience. Sure. Uh, uh, but it's also it depends the generations. Generations. Oh. But, um. You. you you know, uh, when and and so the public is is interesting. Every time you're learning something new, I do remember when I was living in Pittsburgh. You know, it's quite culture city, quite culture. Pittsburgh Symphony is greatest orchestra in the world. Uh, I do remember even they have a, such a fantastic orchestra. Um, public will attendance. Public will be fluctuating fluctuating is about from the repertoire the solace of course if they will yo yo my come we will full house yeah <laughs> you know, sure you cannot get the tickets forget it okay <laughs> uh if, but it's up to repertoire it was fluctuating um uh and i and i do remember i was reading the article about james levine conductor at that time of boston symphony he was a big fan of the uh, contemporary music at that time. And um, and he was putting in every concert one piece of the contemporary music. And I, I read it, I read it, the um, statistic of the attendance concerts. Apparently that year, attendance went very low. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then for example, in Europe, uh, they love contemporary music. Like a very, uh, I'm not talking about like, let's say Prokofiev Shostakovich, which is, I don't think so anymore that as a contemporary, as is as a classic composer. It's, right. This already, uh, even though like say Schoenberg or Berg, but they love the contemporary music there. Uh, the, very attendance, like for example, Alfred Schnitke, the music, uh, a music that Alfred Schnitke 
not so much well known. I'm talking about orchestra music here, as in Europe. Uh, they love that kind of. So I guess it's up to country. It's up to the generations. Uh, the repertoire changes. Someone had told someone had told me that that uh, if you played standard repertoire in Florence, Italy. Uh, they would just about throw you off the stage. I don't know. I've never been, but I, my understanding is they they would prefer the newer stuff, and and they 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 they're a little they're a lot more adventuresome as an audience, uh, and that may have been you know overstating it, but uh, uh, you know I think for example when I I I, I when I plan my let's say solo performance uh, as a violinist a program I try to bring some varieties. I try to bring uh, things which is uh, over appealing for every audience in a in a in a uh-huh. hall. Uh, in a, for example, when I do planning my orchestra concerts uh, programs, I I I first of all I'm grateful I have such an opportunity to schedule my program uh, because many many conductors don't. Uh, many conductors uh, the management are actually actually dictating the what they like to hear in a oh program. sure uh-huh uh, you know uh the 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 or the, the could squeeze one piece by what they wish to ha- to have in a program but a lot of times actually management say uh my would love to have this 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 on a program uh, uh-huh. uh but uh from the, my actually violin performing uh, uh, life, I I I got big fan of the scheduling the program, which is like has a one thing. It, it started it started from performance of the Goldberg variation for the trio. Mm-hmm. Long how many years? Maybe six years ago, I performed with my colleagues. I remember it. I was there. Yes, 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 and then it's like one hour, twenty minutes music of, yeah. one, of one composer and of one piece, you know, and and and, 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 and theme, <laughs> one theme, exactly, one melody, so, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, I I I I was was thinking in the beginning of scheduling that piece. This will be not tiring for the public, not at all. The public, I think, uh, of course, the Bach is like Bible. It's as a, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a. If you have a bad day, just listen Bach. <laughs> <laughs> your your life will become a much better. I, you yeah. know, actually, about a month ago, um, it was I was having just I was just in a bad mood, and just one of those days where I was walking around like the the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I came in here and I sat down and picked up my guitar and I played through a couple of Bach preludes. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Just all, all of a sudden the world was better, you know. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Yes. The, the, the Bach, is, I, I don't know. I don't know what's about it. It's, uh, it's just you're reborning when you're listening to this. So returning to the Goldberg variation, after this kind of experience, I... I transfer the idea of the have a one theme of the programming when I programming my conduct. For example, I like to dedicate whole concert, let's say, for the music for the Brahms. So last last uh, recent ones concert, I did a Brahms uh, Symphony Number no. Two, Piano Concerto Number no. One with a wonderful uh, Macedonian pianist. Um, Simon Chepchewski, who actually I met in the Detroit Symphony. He performed Tchaikovsky concerto there, uh, so and Hungarian Dance Number no. Three. So I like to schedule the program, which is um, have a one theme. So and it, it looks so far it's working. So far it's working. Public not get tired. Uh, I guess. Uh, I will keep it that way for now. Yeah, if it's working, yeah, you don't want to mess with it too bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, right now you're just studying scores and trying to stay busy and teaching quite a bit, I'm assuming. Yes. And also I completing my third album, French music. Oh, French okay. Music. Now is this as, as, as a violinist? As a violinist. I uh, completing uh, finally that uh, that French album, which is I was putting away many many years because just couldn't find right time. Uh, yes, and hopefully it will release release on a uh, Blue Griffin record as my two previous uh, albums. Uh, well, you've got a pretty good relationship with you've got a pretty good relationship with Blue Griffin, right? So and, that's good. It's a, I cannot, I cannot wish any more than, uh, first of all, the wonderful studio here in the city, a couple miles away. Where do you, and, where do you, where, where do you, where do you record at? Uh, it's a, it's in Lansing, uh, uh, the Sergei Kvitko, recording engineer, a very dear friend of mine, uh, wonderful, first of all, musician, wonderful pianist. Uh, he has a studio. And uh, sometimes he records uh, on actually MSU College or in the Wharton Center. It, ah, it, okay. it depends what what you're looking for. I for past two my albums I recorded in his studio. Okay. So, uh, he has very good equipped uh, studio, so I'm quite happy. And uh, he's very dear friend of mine, and uh, I know him. From 2003, oh. uh, I met him once in uh, uh, parties, uh, and uh, after that, uh, when he started to do all those recordings, uh, I, after my finishing my dissertation on Alfred Schnitke music, I decided, well, I wrote it down so much, <laughs> I should play and record it something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first album, Alfred Schnitke music, and Second I have album. that. I have I have both of your CDs. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I should I should listen. <laughs> A long time haven't listened. <laughs> See how how well reflect this now. And, it's um, it's it's dip. I find it difficult to listen to myself play. Um, I I immediately start thinking I should have done this better and I should have done that better and that's not quite right and you know and, and I just I, I I tear it apart before the first song is done. <laughs> I'm sure it will happen to me because again we 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 with the with the going on process we learning we we see reflecting the things are completely different. What it's like with the Shostakovich concerto, which is I start to learn 2002 and I try to refresh right now and I I, I see completely differently. So and in many ways uh, I'm thinking, okay, I wish I could do this than this. So now, are you working with 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 the new album? Are you uh, is it? Are you working with a piano accompanist, or are you working it's, with a it's, different it's group? It's already recorded. It's already recorded. We we are in a process of final editing right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Uh -huh. It's recorded on a again. It's dedicated to French music. Uh, uh, you know the the uh, it's include wonderful repertoire it's um uh it's it's actually every album when i recorded it the music was dear to me <laughs> you know uh and uh i love it's a zigan ravel which we recorded with iskander uh as a fantastic piece standard repertoire for anyone is a uh, frank sonata okay there's a frank sonata with the we recorded with a wonderful friend of mine, uh, Tamara. Uh, she's a faculty at uh, MSU. Uh, also, Frances Sonatine, uh, which we recorded with Ina Young. Uh, she's a faculty at Flint Institute of Music. Uh, and uh, three short pieces Meditation, Thais, uh, Claire de Lune, and uh, uh, the, the the girl, the flowers of the uh, by DBC uh, two were recorded with uh, with uh, Sergei Kvitko actually. Well, so, um, say say that again with whom? With Sergei Kvitko. 
Okay. So uh, he's not only <laughs> recorded and engineering that and uh, and uh, and um, uh, editing that album, he's also present there as a performance. So when when do you think this will be um, uh, released? Do you have any idea when you're going to release it? Hopefully, crossing the fingers this fall. Hopefully okay. Crossing the fingers that. You know, editing process is a brutal, <laughs> brutal, brutal, brutal process. It is. It, it it is, and 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 you must be extraordinarily patient. And I have difficulties with that. I I just want to be done with it. It's like, okay, it's done. Yeah, that's yeah, good I try enough. Try to be patient. I try to be patient. <laughs> it's it it is difficult. I'm learning. I of course I kind of do everything myself now. I have uh, I just just the guitar, and I just sit here, and I don't record anything for release anymore i just record for my students uh -huh. but i i don't want to uh record badly either you know <laughs> so but but sitting here and trying to find the right sound and do the right thing this way and the right thing that way and and uh it's it's a challenge and i get i get tired and i just like oh i you know i just want to be done with it and and I and I, I I don't have much patience for it. I have friends of mine who do that kind of stuff, and they've just got all the patience in the world. You know, we could tweak this a little this way, and we might be able, you know. And they just, you know, are able to massage it. You know, not me. It's like, be done. <laughs> you, you you know, I try to do in the stages. You know that um, greatest American composer Leon Bernstein. Yeah. Said. To succeed and achieve something, you need to don't give up so many times and good planning. Good planning and don't do not give up many times. So I I try to in anything what I do, I try to do in the stages. As as you mentioned, We'll, uh, we're getting tired and so I just want to get done to do this and that's it, move out. But uh, at the same time, um, listening after that and thinking, oh, how could I, how could I pass this? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't stay until it's done right. Uh, so, but I notice if I, I, I will put my work into stages, it's uh, on a long run, of course, this takes longer time. But on a, on a, of the end, it, it is it's sort of best way of accomplishing what I was planned. I really want to thank Tigran for taking the time to appear on this podcast, and I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining us. Please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. It does help, and I will see you next time on Creative Conversations with Roger Humphrey.